Today's video is brought to you by HelloTushy.com. Hey brother! Ben, one of the most fun things about Avatar is how they spend so much time on world building. By which I don't just mean having big cool cities or fortresses or just a world where people can shoot elements out of their hands. All of that is fun, but what I mean is how they spend a lot of time developing the history of that place. A history to their world that is easily digestible and helps you understand the motivations and influences of the characters. Many of my personal favorite episodes are ones where we get flashbacks into the past and get to see how the decisions of a few people have reverberated through time into the present. And decisions that aren't just affecting the main characters, but the entire population of the world. But me, oh my, is there one section of the world building in Avatar that has thrown a serious wrench into people's foundational understanding of this world. And that is, where did bending actually originate from? Guys, before we dive on into today's video, I need to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, HelloTushy.com. <laughs> oh man, oh man, you guys know I'm gonna work a water bending joke in here somehow. Starting immediately. Have you ever wished waterbending was real and that your toilet was the waterbender? Because man, I have just the thing. Introducing the latest in butt cleaning technology, water. Here's the thing, when you get in the shower, it's not like you just stand there in the open air and then clean yourself with a dry piece of paper, right? Get with the program and clean yourself up with a bidet today. For years, bidets have been around, but have been horribly expensive, costing thousands of dollars. But, eh? HelloTushy.com cleans your butt with a fresh stream of water for just $79. It attaches directly to your existing toilet and requires no additional plumbing or electricity and cuts your toilet paper usage by 80%, meaning the HelloTushy.com bidet pays for itself in just months. Plus, the attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee. If you want to get your toilet water bending today, HelloTushy has a special offer just for our viewers. You can head to HelloTushy.com super to get 10% off your order. That is hellotoshi.com slash super for 10% off. Link is in the description down below. Bending is the show's whole gimmick. Like the story is great and the characters are awesome, but let's face it, it's all about the bending. Actually, despite the bending, the fact that the characters in the story are way more important, I think is what really makes it such a good show. But bending is what makes this world different from ours. It is the core of everything. Their economies are based around it. Their weapons, their homes, their wars, their national identity is down to the element the people in that area can bend. I mean, let's be real. After you've been binging the show for four hours, don't pretend you don't stand up and imagine you can shoot fire or wind or whatever out of your hands, I'm on to you. I don't know if you can do something with that, Scott. A demonstration of each of these four styles is literally how every episode starts. And for the most part, you don't really question it. This is just how the world is. Some people here can bend. Aang is special, he can do all four, the Fire Nation is bad, let's go kick some butt. But over the course of the show, you do get little hints about how it works. For example, there's never really any defined limit on any given bending 
Defender's power, like no limit to the amount of fire they can create or wind they can push. But it does seem like more practice does yield better and more powerful results. Then you have characters like Tai Lee, who is able to take advantage of pressure points on the human body to disable people's bending by chi blocking them. That means that a person's chi is relevant to their ability to bend, and there's actually an entire episode where we see Aang learn about how the chi flows through his body. And I don't know about you guys, but the scene where the guru moves the algae and the water is able to flow freely again is just like super satisfying to me in a way that I cannot explain. But maybe the most fun fact we ever learn about the origins of bending come in the episode The Firebending Masters. In this episode, Aang is trying to learn firebending from Zuko, but Zuko discovers that for some reason, suddenly, he can't firebend and he has no idea why. Toph suggests that he try relearning firebending from the original firebenders the same way she learned earthbending from the original earthbenders, the badger moles. But I remember the first time hearing that and being like, what, original earthbenders, is that where it comes from? That's so cool. That even adds up with what they say in the Cave of the Two Lovers about Oma and Shu learning from the badger moles. Although that story does label them as the first earthbenders, which brings up its own issues, but don't worry, we'll get back to that. I don't know why, but this idea just really stuck with people. Like, you never really thought to ask, where did bending come from? You just sort of accepted that, yeah, people here can do it. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, we're getting this awesome answer to this question we didn't even know we had. And they keep going. Aang then quickly reveals that the Sky Bison were the original airbenders. And you're like, what? Oh, is that why Appa can fly? Then Zuko reveals the dragons were the original firebenders. Oh, that's awesome. And Roku had a dragon. I get it. Ooh, what about water? What about water? But actually, they answered water a while ago. And rather than being an animal, it's actually, uh the moon? But then you learn, apparently the moon is just sort of a proxy for this one very specific koi fish who is the real spirit of the moon. So uh, I guess that koi fish is the original waterbender. But then also you can just turn the moon off by killing the fish. But then it turns out that the fish gave some of its life to Princess Yue, who then herself becomes the moon spirit, which then does that retroactively make Yue the original waterbender? Which then is just all sorts of confusing because I don't remember her actually even being able to bend when she was alive, which it seems like if she had part of the moon spirit inside of her, she certainly should have been able to, especially since the moon is the original bender. Whatever. The point is, they answered this question in a fun way that also opened up a bunch of different questions. Like, does original mean that they could just do it first? Did they give the bending to the people? Were they just teaching the people? How did the animals learn how to bend? Okay, seriously though, if you can just turn the moon off, does that mean it's not the moon's gravitational pull that's causing it to like move the tides? It's still up there. It's still a giant celestial body. Certainly it still has enough mass to affect the tides. Right? Actually, maybe not. Gravity does not always seem to behave itself during the show. Like, have you seen Ty Lee jump into the air without bending from the ground? Further proof that she was descended from the air nomads, just saying. But I digress. The issue with the original benders is that when Legend of Korra came out, they in fact did decide to dive deep into this question. But they did so in a way that seemed to just like, totally retcon everything we learned about the origins of bending 
in the original series. Instead, in Legend of Korra, people are seen to be given bending by giant lion turtles who house human cities as a safe haven away from the dangerous spirit wilds. Which, to be fair, we do see Aang get a new type of bending, energy bending, from a lion turtle in the original series. But, like, what, what about the animals? and the moon, because it is looking an awful lot to me like the lion turtles were the original benders. This one can fly, this one's in the earth, this one's in the water, they are touching people's heads and suddenly they can control the elements. Like what gives? And it might not seem like such a big deal, like maybe all the stuff Aang and Zuko and Toph said about the sky bison and the dragon and the badger moles were just like legends or stories or something, right? Except. No! Toph says this is how she learned to bend and she is the best earthbender in the world. And the fact that the dragons are the original benders and are the ones who teach Aang how to firebend is like a huge plot point. Not only does it cement Aang and Zuko's friendship, but we see the dragons are masters of fire. They can communicate with their flames. Entire civilizations were built around the idea that they were the original benders. So like, what gives? How can this be? Why would you undo this cool thing? Was it all part of just establishing this notion of harmonic convergence and a dark spirit so you can have a dark avatar and have this giant avatar fight in front of Republic City? Personally, I didn't really mind this particular story. I know a lot of people like to point to this fight as like the low point of the entire series. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not Aang versus Ozai or anything, but I don't know. I really liked learning about the history of the world and if this is the very worst thing that they made, then I think we're still at a pretty good spot. But it still leaves us with the question of who are the actual original benders? Like, is it the Moon and Friends or is it the Lion Turtle Club? It is a question that tends to make people very upset with Legend of Korra, but personally, I don't think the ideas are actually mutually exclusive. At the very least, we have to accept that the Lion Turtles gave humans the ability to bend. We literally see it happening. But that doesn't mean that Sky Bison and Dragons and Badger Moles and the moon can't still exist as the original benders. Like if they're just naturally occurring creatures in the world who could also bend the elements and they could do that before the humans could, then that would still make them original benders. Heck, even if the lion turtles gave these creatures the bending ahead of time, that would still make them original benders. Although personally, I don't think the lion turtles gave the animals or the moon the ability to bend. I think they could just do it naturally. But honestly, that's not the important part. The important part is that even though the lion turtles gave humans the ability to bend, that only got them so far. Sure, they could then shoot air or fire or whatever out of their hands, but it was very crude and ineffective. It wasn't until the humans started learning from the animals, the original benders, that they began mastering the elements. In fact, you can even see the original Avatar, Avatar 1, learning the same Dance of the Dragons that Aang and Zuko learned, from a dragon. And you can see how his learning of the elements differs greatly from humans who have simply been given the ability to bend. And the way Juan moves fire is like nothing I've ever seen. He uses it like 
it's an extension of his body. And if that sentiment sounds familiar to you, it should, because it is the exact same way Toph describes her experience learning earthbending from the Badgermoles. I was able to learn earthbending, not just as a martial art, but as an extension of my senses. This is where I think Oma and Shu, the original earthbenders, come into play. We know they learn from the badger moles, but also that lion turtles are the ones who gave humans bending. But also that Oma and Shu came from different villages that were not lion turtle cities, which means other people must have been able to bend before them because they were able to bend when they left the cities to begin with. Right? And I suppose if you wanted, you could just chalk their story up to folklore since now we know exactly where bending did come from. But to me, it's just very similar to Avatar Wan. Like sure, other people had the power of fire, but Wan was the first one truly bending the fire after learning from the animals. Same goes for Oma and Shu. While I bet other people certainly had the power of earth, they were the first ones to truly bend earth Earth in a meaningful way as an extension of their body and not just as like crude boulder shoving. So there you go. Both Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are correct. Humans were originally given bending by the lion turtles, but were taught bending by the original benders, the dragons, the sky bisons, the badger moles, and a single koi fish with a celestial proxy. Seriously, I feel like we need to make a video about the moon. I mean, if you want something to totally nag you when you're watching the show, count how often there's a full moon because it's too often. Guys, thanks so much as always for watching today's video. Please remember to leave a like on it if you haven't already and ding that bell so you don't miss any future Avatar content from us. If you want to see why Ty Lee is almost definitely descendant from the Air Nomads, you can check out this video right here. Or if you want to find out what happened to Zuko's mom, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, that's all I've got for you today, man. I will see you in another Life Brother.